Okay, hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Everything and Nothing. Now, today is a very special episode because we are having our first guest. Woo! <laughs> okay, so our guest today is the Riley Tanner. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, guys. Thanks for having me on your podcast today. Of course, anytime. Um, so our topic today soccer and you might think oh what a what a lovely youth sport to keep the kids in shape and you know have fun um no well it was for a time but like no (laughs) um so a little intro to why miss riley is on this podcast today um we have been playing soccer together since we were what seven yeah okay i think it was like seven um so we played soccer from seven till 16 17 oh 18 i quit my senior year of high school oh okay 18 since 18 yeah okay 18 um yeah it was 18 (laughs) i wasn't 18 i'm like young for whatever um no one cares so basically (laughs) we have a long history of playing together and uh we learned a lot throughout the times and we went and got coffee yesterday and ended up just talking about you know the joys and downfalls of of soccer (laughs) youth youth soccer youth soccer um honestly most of the downfalls more than the good times so i thought we'd do a full episode on it because it's not talked about this is literally not talked about anywhere Mm -hmm. and uh we want to i'm just in like an exposing mood recently (laughs) apparently like last week i wanted to expose greek life now i want to expose soccer so i think it's good though because no one talks about either they just like join it and they're like well this is a norm for everyone like i just was supposed to be treated this way and i just i think it's good yeah so we're gonna expose it and tell you that it's literally not normal in any way um okay Getting right into it, our early years of soccer. Um, I started playing competitively. We're talking about competitive soccer, by the way, like not rec or like anything, just competitive. Um, But I started competitive soccer. uh, I was U8, U8. So that stands for like under eight. Um, That's like how they like, you know, organize. You couldn't just say seven. It was just under eight. It was just under eight. I don't know why. You can ask them. I don't know. Um, so I started U8 and when did you start? I think I started playing competitive at under eight also. Okay. Work. So, um, we were on the same team together and for many years, quite what, how many? Yeah. I think I played a total of 13 years of soccer. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I mean, is that including competitive or, or rec? So maybe like 10 years of competitive. Yeah. Okay. That's like basically same. I think I also did like three years. I was like, we were talking like three years by this point. I was like three years old playing. Like, I think I started like genuinely playing like every weekend when I was like four years old. No. I, yeah. Um, we were not even cognizant of what was like, <laughs> like not in kindergarten, just like, kicking a ball around. Like a fully like the age of a toddler and we were playing. But then once it got to, like, competitive, then it's, like, 
this shit's year round year like when i say year round i mean year fucking round i had to like cancel family trips i like we were going to like hawaii for the first time and my coach is like oh well you won't be playing if you go to hawaii thank you a lot (laughs) so we're gonna get into a lot of um we have some great categories and topics to talk about but um one of them will be the things that we had to give up for soccer but if you had if you would have told me when at the age of seven what the the next 10 years of my life would look like I would I would say no uh uh-uh absolutely not yeah I like completely agree with that so honestly when you start competitive you don't really know what you're getting yourself into and then by the time you realize it you're like already too far in like you are too committed to it now you can't back out so um well in the early years we did enjoy it i would say Mm -hmm. yeah it was fun like you met like a bunch of different girls from like different places and like where we live and they were like my best friends like i was like i can't leave this team it was fun it was competitive. It was like everything you wanted out of it that you're paying for. So I think it was the best that it was at that age. Yeah. A good point. We were paying for all of this. <laughs> and you'll hear like as it gets into like the later years, why were we paying for this? Exactly. It, it, it mind, it's a mind boggling question. Yes, it is indeed. So um, I'd say in the early years, I had most of the coaches that I liked um I mean like she said we had like consistent friends on the team like I started playing it we started playing at like seven and then we were playing with basically the same girls up until we were like literally 18 so it was it was really good like friendships that you made um and I loved being on a team and like work I don't know this sounds so fucking cliche I loved working together and uh I team bonding yeah just all so uh it was fun actually um I think like my favorite year was probably um I was like 12 with um one of our coaches yeah and it was it was a really good time I felt very supportive supported it was very fun like it didn't feel like any pressure or anything yeah I I was on that team also and there's he just our coach was genuinely a nice guy like I remember I got in a really bad car accident and I was like late to practice and he was like please don't come to practice like focus on like that's like a traumatic experience like nothing bad happened in the car accident but like being 12 and like and that kind of thing was like scary so it wasn't even he was so much of our soccer coach he just understood life which I just don't think a lot of them do and yeah I liked him a lot and the team that he built for us we were with him for I think two years yeah um that's a great point that he he cared about life um (laughs) uh as you'll hear from our bad experiences like a lot of coaches in that situation where like she was in a car accident would have been like okay get your ass to practice like it would have been like okay well if you don't come to practice then you're not playing this weekend like literal punishment if like the sky could be like falling and they'd be like well see you at 8 30 tonight because we have to win crl crl is uh an acronym for what was it co california regional league it was a super competitive league that we played in not to toot our own horns but we were kind of (laughs) good um but 
Yeah. So a lot of the coaches, if you did like miss a practice, it was like the end of the fucking world for you. So you didn't do that. But thankfully, some of the coaches that we had, especially those two years, did care and was like, if you have personal shit going on, I understand. Can't say everybody would say the same. So, okay. Um, Another part of, I feel like this time especially, um, we were, I, I mean, it carried, oh yeah, positions. I think from the ages of when you started competitive, you were all over the place. Like I remember I played defense, I played midfield, I played offense, and then you started to like hone into your like skills and the coaches like started being like, well, she's going to be like a right wing, like which I was because I was just fast and like Jaden was more technical with the while so she was in the middle. Like that's when everyone started to get their own positioning. And I think that's when it really started to like the, it switched and everyone was super competitive because you would try to like beat other girls on your team for playing spots in that position. Um, and I think that might've been the downfall of our careers. Um, I agree. I think, when you're younger when you're first playing for the first couple years you're obviously trying out every position because I mean at this point you're probably like six or seven like you don't know like what you're doing so they're trying you out in every position seeing what you're good at what you like naturally like um but I'd say by the age of like 10 probably is when you are basically like in a you found your position and that's basically it like at from that point forward into that position and that's it exactly uh it's basically now you're just competing against other girls who also play your position and you're trying to beat them for playing time in your spot or whatever so it definitely started to get competitive at the end of like our early years when we did find positions um and yes that was where it started getting not so fun anymore um again on the same like thought of like the end of our early years of soccer um it it's like I mean at this point we're probably 10 or 11 and maybe 12 Mm -hmm. and um this isn't talked about in soccer like to revert it back to my life now being in like Greek life also some sororities on my at the school that I go to have like an a b and c team mine do too I mean, not my sorority, but like other ones. Yeah, yeah. not my sorority, but ones on my campus. And so <laughs> it's really sad because you can think about what that means. I'm not going to explain it because it's really mean, but the kind of the same thing with soccer. Like we had A, B and C teams. And like, if you think about that and as a 11 year old, it was the end of the world if I was on even the B team. It was it was literally like every tryouts your goal was making the a team and if you didn't you felt like an actual failure and like parents would talk about you like it was like so dramatic as like a 10 year old like i would be like crying i'd be like oh i had a horrible tryout no one talked to me and like my parents like i love my parents they signed me up for this like i chose to do it to some extent and like now that i think back i'm like why in the fuck am i crying about making a beat like but like we all made the, like it was just insane and they would come up with random excuses of why you couldn't make the team mm-hmm. and imagine a coach coming up to you and being like oh girl you're too skinny to make the team this year like as an 11 year old we're like not even through puberty and we're being told that like it's insane I, I can't yeah so that's what I was leading into is the the idea of skinny shaming it isn't talked about in soccer a lot but 
you'd think it was the other way around you would think that it would be like fat shaming or something but it's actually the opposite um I remember like friends being told that they literally like couldn't one of our like best friends was told that she couldn't be on like the A team because she was too skinny and we like all made the team and like she was part of our group since we were like seven hang out like every weekend with we do like junior lifeguards with her like she was like one of our best friends and like it's so sad because you're happy for yourself that you made the team but you're also like what the fuck like why isn't she on the team and it was just like a really sad time and it ultimately made her like hate soccer and she quit in the next following year it was just sad it's not a good experience to be skinny shamed at any age or even fat shamed like any type of body shaming is horrible and I think it's just really mind fucking at the age of 11 so thank you coaches no I remember um be specifically like one team that I was on it was probably the worst year um of soccer of my entire life um and just to put in context I was 10 years old 10 years old um and I remember this one coach that I had who I absolutely hated like absolutely hated he was a really horrible person very mean like didn't give a fuck about anyone like to these 10 year old girls he was like an actual asshole um but I remember that he would tell me like I like barely made that team and I don't even know why I decided to like be on it because it was ended up being horrible but um I remember he would tell me why he wasn't like when I would be like why aren't you playing me he was he would say like you're not strong enough or you're a pushover like like when I was like nine or ten are you kidding me like being told that as like a nine or ten year old you feel like shit you literally feel like shit not even that you don't understand what they're saying like like if someone called me a pushover at nine I'd be like well, what does that mean like oh I'm not strong enough like I need to be more aggressive and then they're just like word vomiting to you and you're like I first of all don't know what this word means and like I'm being compared to girls like which in a female's life like it's constantly happening and for it to start that horribly at that age is insane it like the idea of comparing yourself to other girls like usually for an average okay I'm not gonna say average for most girls it starts in like middle school high school for us it literally started at the age of nine or ten like we were and it wasn't like we were comparing ourselves for looks it was based on your ability like what you could do which I honestly feel like god-given skills like literally literally what like based on your human ability to do things and I feel like that was honestly really harmful like I mean like physical comparing is also very harmful but being compared on like your ability to do things it just makes you feel like you suck and you're not good enough and you are just a shit person basically it's also like there's things that like I could do that other people couldn't do but I couldn't do certain things that they could do and that was just like it wasn't something I could work on it was like what I was like born like with like I was just really fast and like like you can't teach people to be faster and like they would like complain about that and I'm like no matter how many miles you run or how fast like it's never gonna like realistically like change that much like maybe a little bit but it's never gonna be as much as they want it to change and I don't think they understood that like that's just like humanly impossible to do I yeah when me and Riley were on the same team I remember like she was one of the fastest on the teams obviously and like our coaches would like compare us a lot to her and be like well you guys aren't fast enough like you guys need to get faster and I'm like the fuck like I'm 10 11 years old how the fuck am I gonna get faster I haven't even hit puberty like 
it's just like you're compared against with people who have a more like basically born ability to do something like to be fast or to be have like really good endurance or something like that that you can't teach that I'm sorry no matter how many times that we run or do sprints or whatever like I will not get lovingly faster you'll be in shape like for sure but you're not gonna like be like wake up and be like oh my god I am Usain Bolt and I am the (laughs) fastest person ever now no it yeah uh it it was basically really hard being compared to other girls especially that young and like continuing all the way through we were 17 or 18 it was crazy too because like their whole motto is like team bonding like let's make a team but like they are constantly comparing you to other girls so you're like teammates with these people but like once you like step over a certain line where like you are like do or die needing to play like and have play time like not that I hated everyone but I was like oh like I would do anything right now to like beat this person and like this is gonna sound bad there's a couple girls where I just like genuinely didn't like them because like I just didn't think they were nice people that I would like be like oh I'm gonna genuinely like be so aggressive right now that I'm gonna like almost hurt them and like that's not good no the amount of times where it was like you would be frustrated with a person for a completely different reason besides soccer and you would just literally go after them which is so unhealthy because you're physically taking out your anger on someone to harm them and it's just I don't know it's another part of that is like I remember our coaches, like, you know, as Riley said, we were on the same team. We were teammates. We most for most of the time, like loved each other, thought it was like an amazing thing to have friendships like that. But I remember our coaches when we would have practices and we would be playing like scrimmages or like games against each other in whatever form, they would say, once you step over that line, you're no longer friends. Oh yeah. They'd be like, You're not teammates anymore. Or they'd do the thing where we'd line up and like do two V two like sprints or we'd jump up and try to like knock the other one over do you remember that i do actually i totally forgot about that we would literally have like the ball would be thrown in the air and you were like paired up with someone and you would physically try to beat them like (laughs) to like smash into them and make them fall over like how is that teaching any kind of like good i don't know emotional like regulation i don't even know like were they trying to be like oh if you can hurt your teammate then like you can hurt anyone because it's insane like i just don't understand no um so that like really kept going in our later years of soccer like the amount of like competitiveness I'd say I mean even at like 10 11 12 but once you hit like like yeah once you hit teens like 13 through like 17 or 18 it was literally the most competitive environment I've ever been in yeah it was not even like physically competitive it was mentally competitive like I would just sit in my room and I would just be like okay I'm this good but I just know for a fact my coaches are not gonna like trust me and like I need to keep building and working even though I've been with these people for like at least 10 years like I have like that shoe in but not really like if they bring like another girl in from a different club like I'm like what like why are we bringing new girls to practice like what is happening I just feel betrayed so you're always on your toes you're always like what can I do next like and I guess that's with any youth sport but It's just not healthy to do that. No. And um, I do. I remember like when they would. I mean, you would have tryouts, obviously. But after that, coaches would still be like pulling girls up from teams or like asking other girls from other clubs to come over. And like it just felt like a slap in the face because you you had been there since how long? And now this new girl who just got here is now like taking your position or taking your playing time. And 
you just feel like so invalidated and like discarded that you're like am I just not good enough and we just started to believe that because honestly when I when we were on these teams like throughout all of soccer I thought that my coach's word was the fucking bible I was like Jesus like to me I would I would literally worship them and whatever they said no matter if they treated me bad no matter if I like didn't like the girls on the team no matter if I didn't like the coach as a person like whatever they said was true I it wasn't like I thought like hmm is this opinion valid for me do I believe this no it was like immediately this is what I believe so like if a if a coach told you during practice like you're not fast enough or like you're you're doing really bad today or basically i was told many times like you suck or like you're not good enough like people would literally be like why'd you even come to practice today if you're gonna play like this and i'm like first of all i left my house an hour early because i'm so anxious about being late to this that i sit in the parking lot for 30 minutes it's it's insane the thing and you just have to sit there and like nod your head and be like you're right i shouldn't have come and, like, they say that as a rhetorical question, but it's so threatening. Like, you know, if you, like, actually did leave, like, you're done. Like, you would never play again. You, yeah. yeah it was, I remember, like, a lot of my coaches in the, like, later years. It was, especially at that time, like, 13 to 17 or 18, it was all based on results. And if you didn't get results in games or in leagues or in tournaments or anything, like, you sucked. You were quite literally punished. If we didn't do good at a game or a tournament the next week you better expect that we would be doing sprints on sprints we would play crl up in norca which is horsetown usa quite literally the worst place in the entire world don't ever go there but we would go there quite literally every fucking weekend for years we would literally go for one game sometimes like one game a weekend and i remember we played this game it was so fucking hot out like this is when like we were playing like 85 minute games like I was playing like the whole game you were playing the whole game like everyone was and we lost we like I think we lost by one goal and like everyone's like huffing and puffing so we didn't have subs by the way no like a lot of these games we did not have subs so you were in the entire game the only break you got was at halftime and these are 90 minute games and we were playing like on the turf or something so it's like extra hot and like those rules of those games it's like once you're out of the game you cannot go back in so you played the whole game like Jaden was saying but I remember this one game we had a girl coach and she was like we lost and she literally doesn't even talk to us about the game she just goes see you on Monday for uh, like a physical like fitness test conditioning practice and I was like I'm like really this is like Sunday so it's tomorrow and I'm like so anxious about it because those are the literal worst practices ever you just got punished for like never being good enough and it was insane because you never thought you could actually chase and like grab to be good enough it was like you're always chasing for it you were never like you never felt like you were you made it like the entire time like throughout however many years 13 years we played I felt like I wasn't good enough for every single year of that like it wasn't like your coach would be like wow you know they would say like oh yeah like you're improving but you weren't ever at like the level that they wanted you to be so for that long like those formative years my entire childhood I felt like I wasn't good enough at all and that just like transfers over to like your real life like outside of soccer at school or with your friends like you just have like this internal feeling that you're not good enough and a lot of these coaches don't understand the harm that they are doing like it's just insane because we do it like outside of soccer like if we had like a team party like I would be so nervous to go talk to my coach at like a team party and I don't think that's healthy like 
Why should you cower for someone you're paying, first of all, to coach you? You know that you've given, like, literally all you can give for whatever age you are. Like, if I'm 13 or 14, like, I like I go to practice. I go to exos. I go do all the things. And, like, I'm still scared of the person who's, like, seen me five days a week. Like, longer than probably my parents see me because I'm at school and then I'm immediately at practice. Like, I, I just don't think it's a healthy environment for children to be in because it's you can't even like wrap your brain around how like detrimental the the communication is to yourself and you and as a young woman like going through like high school too with like this was insane like I I had no like my friends at school like stopped hanging out with me because I literally only played soccer same it was like if you know your friends would invite you to a party or they would invite you to like a birthday party or a vacation that they were taking with their family or like lit or just to hang out during the week and every single time we had to say no because soccer came first honestly soccer came first over school for a lot of it we would miss days of school for traveling to tournaments or I remember like having especially in high school when I had to miss like a week for a tournament like making up that work was so hard and it was just so un like I didn't realize the impact that it was having on me until like now that I realized that I put soccer over quite literally everything in my life. I literally remember vividly my first like homecoming dance. I've never done anything like this. We had a soccer game up in like Carlsbad and my high school's in Del Mar and I missed my whole dinner to ha- with like my f- new friends in high school. Like I went to a high school where I knew one person like trying to balance that and playing soccer like it was hard like I didn't meet a lot of people the way like everyone else is meeting people and like I remember I showed up like sweaty and like threw a dress on after my soccer game and went to my dance like it's just you don't get the best of both worlds like being a girl and being a teenager and going to do your makeup and your hair and hanging out with like you just didn't have a healthy balance between like work and play and it's sad because I didn't realize that until my senior year where I was like I am done doing this and I just wish people would understand that like words affect people no matter how old you are and just because you're younger doesn't mean you shouldn't have a voice to stick up for yourself and like coward like adults because now that I'm like 20 I'm like oh if a 40 year old said something to me I'd be like watch your mouth let's (laughs) rewind that yeah uh by so I've like I've been doing a lot of research on like attachment styles core beliefs stuff like that and by the age of seven, from zero to seven, your core beliefs are formed. Whether that be good or bad, those beliefs are formed. And by seven, I was like, I was already getting yelled at by coaches. And like the the feeling of never feeling good enough became one of my core beliefs. You can't change that shit. Like you can work to like make it not as, I don't know, important or have that much like like hold over you but that shit stays forever so like it's just I feel like coaches should be required to take a developmental psychology class we like tried to implement that remember or like that shit was stupid it was like team what was it called team Team therapy team it was it was was honestly really stupid it it like I don't know they would try to like like help you you know try to oh sports psychology that's what it's called um like they would try to help you through like oh you don't feel like you're good enough or you don't feel like you're playing good in a game how do you combat that like they no it was not effective whatsoever meet with our coaches like one-on-one and go through and tell them all this and like 
imagine someone you're scared of like hearing everything you say about them and then I remember we had a session with our coaches and I would like sit in the back and I was like please don't read anything that I said because like I was like oh if she or he hears this like I'm done I will never play again how insane is that you couldn't just share what you were feeling about like how it could help you be better I remember um now that we're on the line of coaches um I remember uh I didn't stand up to a coach or um correct like a coach or say like hey what you said was hurtful can you please try to say it in a different way or something I didn't do that until I was 17 17 for for how many years before that I just let it go I thought that it was just that was just the way that it was going to be like like if they talked to me horribly I would just accept it and I would expect everyone else in my life to talk to me the exact same way and you know how harmful that is for like a especially being a girl you're already put down by men quite literally every day and you have to do double to prove yourself and expecting that kind of communication from like people in in like an authoritative position or your coaches who you looked up to just changes your entire view on the world and your relationships with other people back to that like men being like (laughs) which is just every girl knows this ever but um I remember this time you're once again you're paying for this kind of treatment and you know the old it's a lie obviously the customer is always correct no in soccer if you're paying for it you it doesn't matter how much you pay you all pay the same but you will never just get the same treatment as everyone but I remember this time towards the end of my career uh the last year we had with our like female coach we were our team was moving to be this developmental academy team and then this like developmental player league or whatever it's basically like this really fucking big intense league throughout the entire country not even around anymore sadly and really ironic but um because it's so dumb Ugh, i hated that year um so we were pretty much goal set on making this team all of us like our age group was going to be our own team Newsflash, month for tryouts. Oh, you're going to be mixed in with the 03s, which is the 2003s below our team. and Who are really fucking good, by the way. Like, they play at UNC. They play at Wake Forest. They, they were already committed by that age. Like, it was insane. Like, I always thought I was going to be committed, but I didn't. I'm glad I didn't. But at that time, I'm like, fuck. I'm screwed. I'm not going to. I mean, maybe I'll be looked at because they're going to good schools, but. I'm like literally bringing two teams where only 11 girls play on the field and more some of us are yes and they they put like 22 23 on that team and you only have 11 girls playing on the field so that's really fucked up honestly it was like a traveling college team and I just remember I just for some reason my coach like told me I was gonna make the team and I was like fuck yeah this is my break I'm you know been working so hard for this and she just all of a sudden stopped playing me and my dad, paying the bills t- at this club, was really good friends with her, asked her to go to lunch and meet and was like, what's going on? What does Rye need to do? Like, what's like, what, what's up? She could not give him a clear answer. And I think that's insane, too. If someone's paying for this, like, and you are purposely not playing their child for a dumb reason, you need to tell them. Like, just be honest. Like, just be like, oh, she's not going to be on the team okay then don't then that's fine just tell me yeah it's it was a lot of mind games um with coaches and 
you never knew how they were feeling about you and it they made the favorites very obvious like if you were a favorite on the team by your coach you were playing no matter how well you were doing like it wasn't based on like ability or skill it was based on like who liked you the best or who you knew which just like that's you're paying for this everyone's paying the same amount of money for the same like amount of practices and games and conditioning everyone's paying the same fucking amount yet the playing time is so unequal and I get it if it was like hey Jaden you're not getting playing time because you need to work on your first touch um your shooting and your endurance I'd be like okay great now I can go work on those things and try to earn back that playing time but a lot of the times it was just like no reason was given to you and it like at that point you just think it's you like you think that you're the problem the entire time I remember I sat there and I was like I'm play- let's 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 think this through. I'm playing 85 minutes one weekend. I go to practice. I go to two, we played we practiced three days a week for two hours, seven to nine. We had a conditioning practice on like Monday or Tuesday or whatever, and we had like an exos. So that's like at least five days a week, Monday through Friday. I am touching a soccer ball or running, and the next weekend I'm like in shape. I'm ready to go. I'm confident. Like this is this is the best time for me. I maybe go in for five minutes. How mind fucking is that for a 15 year old, 16 year old? Because that like, I just was, I was like crying after the game and it made me so scared. And like ultimately like what Jaden said, I was like, oh, what am I doing? I'm the problem. Like, what did I do this practice? Like, was I not playing super well? Like I'm coming home dripping in sweat and I'm still like, well, what am I doing wrong? You don't feel like you're like, okay, well, I need to be doing something better. Like I need to be working harder. But to the point where you're already pushing your body to the actual limit, which I mean, at this point, we might as well just talk about conditioning because this is like a very big point in our careers as like soccer players. I say conditioning started at what? Really badly at like nine, ten. I would say like like nine or ten is when it started. When it got really fucking bad was like 13. And... um. This isn't just your normal conditioning. You know, when I think of conditioning and I'm like, which sport has the hardest conditioning? I would, if I wasn't like a soccer player, I'd be like, oh yeah, football. I always see those guys out there like running at like 6 a.m. No, absolutely not. I will die on this hill saying that soccer has the worst conditioning in the entire world and no one is as fit as a soccer player. My my boyfriend played college football at the college that I go to. He doesn't play anymore, but I was, like, reminiscing, like, me conditioning. He's like, oh, like, we never ran. Like, we did not have a conditioning practice. And I'm like, me as 13, me at, like, a 13-year-old, like, ran more than you did playing a collegiate sport. Like, how insane is that? It Conditioning was, okay, so just to, let's go through, like, a typical day of conditioning. Um, it, you know, as Riley said, throughout the week, we'd have, we would have strength training at a different facility with, like, like, you know, racks and stuff like that. We would we weren't really wouldn't do like a ton of conditioning there. Like, well, we kind of did sometimes. We did like versa. Coaches, do you remember? Our coaches would tell them, be like, "Oh, they need to run today." Yeah. So we would do that also. Yeah. We do like two conditioning practices. Yeah. Um. So for that, we just like lifted weights. Yeah. Versa. If you don't know what a versa is, it is it is it is literally from my nightmares. It is basically imagine climbing a a mountain. 
literally mount everest like it tracks how many feet you climb and it, it's like it's like how do i explain this it's like you're it's like a it looks like a ladder and it has two like hand poles and you put your feet into like these little sockets and like you move up and down on it and like basically the whole goal is we are competing against like four different groups because there's four different versas and like whoever like didn't have the m- most amount of steps like had to do sprints yeah. so you were like grinding up there and it's like an ab workout like it, it's it's actually it really, really fucking hard it's really hard but it's like good for, like it's good for you it's a great workout if you're trying to get in shape for i don't know a marathon and iron man but not at like the age of like 14 15 and i was getting like pissed off at the girls in my group i'm like why the fuck is she in my group like or she's gonna make us do sprints like how that's not okay no, <laughs> no it's literally not okay so we would do that and then um, we would also have a conditioning practice with our coach who, God help us, was oh. the absolute, <laughs> I'm, we're thinking of like one specific coach that we had for a couple years, but quite literally the worst conditioning I've ever done in my entire life. I wouldn't eat. I wouldn't eat day. before. <laughs> you know how unhealthy that is? I literally wouldn't <laughs> eat because I was afraid that I would physically throw up during these i like strictly only drink water so i'd get no side cramps and i would not throw up could throwing up first of all is disgusting well which happened actually quite often ew i just can't threw up you were it's literally grab a penny wipe your mouth get back on the line that's it was no they don't give a fuck if you barf get back on the fucking line literally uh, something that still haunts my nightmares is the words get on the line (laughs) hate that and then when she'd go like well, touch every line on the field. Um, a whole, like, professional, like, regulated soccer, soccer field. So, um, a typical day of a conditioning practice would start with um, a time two-mile run. And let me just tell you that this time two miles, you had to do it in under 18 minutes. Haunting words are, don't bring your cleats to practice. <laughs> if they say don't bring your cleats to practice, you are in for actual hell. Yeah. Uh, yeah or like don't get the was we used to have to get like all the gear out of her car and she'd be like oh well don't don't bother getting the balls out today and i'm like oh fuck <laughs> it's literally the most like heartbreaking gut-wrenching thing that you could yeah, hear you, like tighten your ponytail you like you, you sip some water and you're like let's get this you literally off. have to like i remember i you would have to go into like basically a deep meditative state <laughs> of like like not being in your physical body to like i remember i would like you know like i would i don't even know i would like sink into my body and like not feel physical pain because i needed to get through this yeah i i feel like we were like fighting a like a horrible animal every time i was like we and it was like all against each other like it wasn't like you were trying to beat each other on times because if you would say that like you would run each lap and she'd be like oh you better beat her next time i see you come around yeah literally the uh, like the competitiveness was just spread throughout all of this especially in conditioning and i remember she would re- you would have to report your time to her mm-hmm. she would she would have a watch you know well, we would have to have watches on too yeah so we would have like a watch on can like looking at our times like whatever the coach would also have a watch and would record your times and if you didn't improve your time every week then they were like what's wrong why aren't you doing this it was quite literally the <laughs> the most like toxic thing because you know not everyone is equipped to run two timed miles in under 18 minutes how many that's okay that's like (laughs) why am i thinking like oh that's that's like nine minutes totally good no why am i like thinking that like no that's it was 
it was so unreal. Let yeah. Just, I pulled up the map of what we ran around. So us being, if I did this, we probably did the same conditioning like route for like six years. Yeah. So we would run around two parking lots. It looks about eight tennis courts, another parking lot, two baseball fields, a softball field, a huge soccer field, a like indoor soccer field, basketball courts, and just like miscellaneous parking. Uh, yeah, that was our that like three three point two miles. It was, it was insane. So that and I'm. Just to preface, that was the beginning of our conditioning practice. Oh, would like run through the basketball court. That was the biggest thing. Is if you were cheating, girls would snitch on you, and that was like, oh shit! Like, oh, I would like, I would like hide and let people pass me so I could go cheat. It was just, it was literally just, it was not okay. Um, so that was just the beginning. Once we finished that, where I'm already on my last legs, thinking I'm gonna pass out. Then we would go to like the side of the soccer field. And do 10 hill sprints. 10 hill sprints. And it was like, not you just running up the hill. You were running with another girl. And every time you switched. So, like, if I was next to, like, I was pretty fast. But we had this girl on our team who was, like, like oh. shit crazy fast. Like, like brains blown fast. Like, she, would, she had literally had her append- appendix taken out. And she came back three months and was, like, still lapping everyone. And I was like, what is happening? So, I had to be, like, lined up with her. And, like, this girl's beating me. And my coach is like... How the fuck are you not getting up the hill? I'm like, what do you mean? I just ran like six miles in like 18 minutes. And now I'm running like up this like monstrous concrete hill, which is horrible for your joints. First of all, it's oh my. okay. at this time, I was also on Accutane and dear God, my joints were they didn't live to see the day like going up that hill. It's all concrete, by the way. But you were like Riley said, you were paired up with. It, you like your coach would pair you up based on how fast you were Position. and yeah. positions too and you would compete against that other person to be the first one at the top and if you weren't it was like well fuck I don't know if I'll play this weekend like it was it, like I don't think you understand how frustrated I am like talking about this because it's just so unreal and we thought it was so normal and I can't even imagine like how that changed talking to my friends and like other clubs like they never did stuff like this and they were like beating us like they would like I don't know how much conditioning you could do like if you we weren't practicing like footwork and stuff like how are we like yes we'll have endurance to last the whole game but like we're not gonna be like winning and like beating people just because we're so fast Mm -hmm. and like have so much endurance and uh So that was like a typical conditioning practice. Um, Maybe after we do, I don't know, some like ladders or something, but that's like about it. Or jump ropes. Remember we would do the fucking jump ropes? Okay, so we would do like jump ropes and like push-ups and stuff like that. Um, But honestly, the one that I feared like the most was conditioning at the end of every practice because the amount of anxiety. Okay, also at this time, um, I'd say between the ages of like... yeah we're like 16 and between the ages of like I don't know 10 to 16 I had the worst anxiety of my entire fucking life like literally peak like panic attacks multiple times a week like the amount of times like I would have a physical like fear going to bed and knowing the next day I'm going to practice and I'm gonna have to end with sprints and I I like I I have anxiety but not like super 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 bad but I would go out through our two-hour practice, like, pacing myself. Me, too. Like, it was crazy. (laughs) It was, it was just, like, 
it, okay conditioning after practice let's like lay it out because you're probably like oh it's probably not that bad nope it was pretty horrible so the best practice our team could ever have and she'd still be like sorry you still have to do it it didn't matter it wasn't like a well it was used as punishment but it was also like if you did good in that practice you would still be doing conditioning it wasn't like strictly a punishment like we would do like scrimmages against like another team that's actually like pretty good in our club and we would win like three zero thinking like oh yes like we don't have to and like we'd be like oh everyone on the line that like i said worst words to hear um so a typical conditioning at the end of practice would be um us getting on the like the goal. the goal line yeah basically the goal line and um if you don't know what like a regulation soccer field looks like look it up because i'm just going to be using like yard terms yeah. and if you don't know it just look up a picture of it so we would either do six 18 halves which is running to the six yard line back the 18 yard line back and the half yeah and then the half line and back and again timed if you didn't like make it in a certain time like you would have to redo it or the whole team would have to redo it no matter if like everyone on the team made it in that time limit except for one person it was so insane because you would be so tired and you'd be like look at the girl that didn't make it and you're like dude please for the love of god just give it your all yeah. like you finished you touched that line we we're done like just please do it and i remember like if it was a hot day and we had like a day practice and we'd be like doing this after practice like you could see the other friends like moving because you were like like almost gonna faint and and not to mention on a turf with cleats most of us had black cleats your feet were quite literally melting like yeah. you like i would go home and i would have to ice my feet because they had basically melted like through my cleats yeah. and um that was just one of them so that's 618 half and then like another really fucking horrible one was full field sprints which are 100 yards like i'm pretty sure that's 100 yards 120 if it's like a football field i don't know yeah, I think it's 100. yeah. so we would do full field sprints and um you would it would kind of change sometimes but um sometimes it would be full field sprint to the full field and sprint back or it would be sprint full field and then jog back but that had a catch because you would have to make it to the other hat like the other end of the field oh, in like 15 seconds yeah. 15 seconds you had to make it yeah you had to make it 15 seconds there and then on the way back it would probably be like oh you have like yeah 20 30 seconds to get back and then that means no break you once the time if you made it before 20 seconds or 30 seconds great you could have five seconds of rest but if not you go straight back like it wasn't like a break it was i forgot about this i totally forgot those are the worst those have to be the worst ones because the ones where you touch every line you you know you get like at least a 10 second break of just standing there the ones if you like because i would not make it back every single time so i would just have to turn around and sprint again it was honestly a lot of these were beneficial for different things like i'd say the um the like 618 half was beneficial if you were fast and the full field and jog back and start again would be good if you were hot if you had good endurance so for me those were the easiest and probably for riley the 618 half was the easiest so i don't know it this conditioning i found out like i thought this was so normal i was like yeah like this is normal this is what working out looks like no it it's so fucking not normal and i didn't know that until covid happened and our season ended and i was like well 
yeah riley quit like just before that mm-hmm. and i was just like what i was like i don't know how to work out like i had never learned like what to do at the gym or how to go on a run that wasn't like three miles it, or in like timed like i would yeah. go try and like run and i'd be like oh i have to do this in like six minutes no i don't No. it like it just made me have a really unhealthy relationship with working out and i'm pretty sure riley can agree with that too it's not even like because i like i like can work out and like my parents have like taught me some things of like what to do mm-hmm. and i've like looked up things as i'm like curious i have tiktok like whatever but it's not even that like the motivation for me to work out is like kind of gone it's like starting to come back now that i'm like three years out of it but like for a good year i would say i par- my parents were like are you gonna work out no i've been doing that for literally 13 years yeah it's it's just like hard to like get out of that mindset where you're like finally like oh my god i'm like don't have to do anything ever yeah it was it's just i didn't know what working out looked like for a like you know a normal human yeah. being who wasn't in extremely competitive sports like i was always like for 13 years pushing my body to the actual fucking limits every single day and like the way we worked out was to that's so ironic that they're like oh you're too skinny well the amount of running we did made us skinny because you burned so many calories and we didn't eat that much to like ever have ever have us gain weight and like running like makes you skinny like that's just a known fact Like, if, like, people that run marathons and, like, cross-country, like, they're, like, tiny. Yeah. It, I remember um, one of my last years playing, I was still getting, like, skinny shamed, basically. Even though I had already gone through puberty, obviously gained. Not a bad thing. Like, no, none of us were, like, anorexic. We were just, like, a healthy body weight. We were, we were, if anything, we were probably on the low body weight side. Like, still healthy, but on the lower side. And... I remember I was probably like 16, 17 at this point, And my coach still said, you need to put more meat on your bones. And he would, he's like, here, you, this is what you're eating today. You need to have this protein drink. And I'm like, the fuck? I don't, I don't want to drink this. Like, I feel perfectly fine with myself. Yeah. And by the way, this was a guy. So <laughs> God, horrible. fuck, it's even worse. And oh, and also I remember this coach. Do you remember um, when... And when he would say um we would get to, oh do you remember this oh, when he would say yeah, sorry this is funny well actually it's not funny it's actually pretty horrible <laughs> but he would say if we weren't doing like well at practice or something or we wouldn't we weren't like passing the ball hard enough he would say hit it with your purse next time oh, my god the sexism is crazy from that coach yeah. he would literally be like oh why are you playing like girls i'm like well first of all we are girls and like it oh god it was crazy it was just i remember him saying like if we were having an off day or something or you were having an off day i remember he would literally say are you on your period or something oh yeah it what the fuck it was like you're at the age where like you're kind of growing into like your young like adult self where like you do have a voice now and like it's starting to get to the point where, like, guys are creeping you out when they're older and, like, saying stuff like that to you. And so, I, well, he would say that, and I'd be like, you're so gross. Don't ever talk about me or my cycle ever again. <laughs> it was – I just it, – it, like, my – it's so mind-boggling because I t- completely forgot that part, by the way. That wasn't I even on my, I, my mind because – 
that with your purse next time let's please please like this wasn't like i forgot about this this wasn't like a uh wow that's a big issue because there was so many other i was so brainwashed to think that my coach was right every time that i was like oh that's just how he talks the fuck that's like not okay my like own father doesn't say that to me my dad's like scared of like not scared of periods because he like lives with me and my mom but like he'll be like oh like is it your time and i'm like yeah and he's like do you want me to go buy like he's nice about it like he's not like oh you're so tooty because you're on your period like it's it's just like if your dad or brother or someone that you care about and love who's a man wouldn't talk to you like that then it's not okay like it's it's literally like I don't know. I think that there was a lot more sexism, too, when we were younger. We just don't remember it. And I think that it just became... I mean, come on. Girls already have so much sexism to face without competitive sports that it just... I don't know. It doesn't... It just... It's mind-blowing to me. It's also gross because, like, he would always be like, well, leave your personal problems at the top of the stairs, but he never did. Oh, no, he did not. He would, like, talk about, like... I don't even want to get into it, like, you know. He would talk about a lot of his personal life, but he would expect us to leave all of our shit in our car before we, like, got down to the field. But then he would, like, take breaks and, like, talk to people's moms about, like, issues. I was like, what is happening right now? It was just, there's a lot of... up and left one night and just like didn't tell anyone us and we just didn't have a coach from i totally remember that he literally just left without telling anybody and then we found out that he was like hiding out in like la jolla or something it was just i don't know uh that was a crazy year um yeah i think that was the real tip of the iceberg me quitting because i was like this isn't fun anymore it, it just became like so I don't know toxic and by that age by like 17 18 we were so fucking burnt out oh, yeah. like to the like, point I'm not gonna commit anywhere yeah. I'm clearly not looked at in this club as like a good player and no one ever gives us attention and I'm like too I'm gonna take my dignity with me and not do this to myself anymore yeah um on that note we can talk about um how in that club you were expected to be committed to a school like they okay so basically the the idea yeah it was big i know it was middle school too yeah yeah it was like yeah it was like eighth grade um and your coaches basically just pushed the idea of playing soccer in college on you it wasn't like a hey jaden want to talk to you what do you think about playing in school does that interest you does that line up with what you want to do at school like none of that like it was just pushed on you and everyone in the club and I remember at quite literally eighth grade eighth grade our coach would say like you have to send 20 emails every weekend to different coaches from different schools cc our coach on it and she would check if well, also, like, she or he would check and see if you did do the, e- if you, like, wrote your emails and if you got any responses. And, like, do you imagine we are in, like, high school, already have so much fucking work to do, already doing, like, missing so much time for soccer, and we're expected to write 20 emails a week to a different coach? And you're supposed to, like, research the school, write something unique about the school in it so they know that you're interested and like i don't have the fucking time for that i'm what like how are i also like i feel like i was brainwashed to believe that i wanted to do 
like soccer in college when I really did not. It was, and you would have to be, remember ID camps? Those were quite literally the bane of my existence. If if you don't know what an ID camp is, it's like, it's, I don't. Like a pool, like I've done a handful of them, but a basic ID camp is like, you go to a field, you sign up, you pay money and like eight different college coaches are there from like, let's say like UCLA, like Cal Poly, like schools that are like big time coaches. Like you don't know anyone. You're there for like a whole fucking weekend and you're basically like an outcast like girls will go with their teams and do it and if you're by yourself like you're eating lunch by yourself and it's just like embarrassing because like you're nervous like no one's prepped you to play with like these college coaches and they're like oh well this girl's good and like they're just like fully blunt with you like they're like you're not you're this is you're not gonna make it it id camps for me were like also the peak of my anxiety because not only were you scared to play in front of college coaches who were basically like gods at that point in your life not only did you have to play in front of them but you quite literally had to figure out like how to socially make friends I okay I hate fucking making friends more than anything but it it's like you're there with I don't know 150 girls maybe and they already have friends. They already know people there. And you, like Riley said, you're literally the outcast. You're eating lunch by yourself. You're not talking to anyone. And these ID camps would go eight hours, like full fucking day you were there. And I hated them, like despised them. And sometimes we would travel to them. I would go oh, okay. to a different state to go to them. I literally did. Well, OK, this one's like kind of sweet because like my OK, so my dad went to UNC and he's his dream was like to have me like and my brother did it for baseball also, but just to like have us play at his school. So like we did that. He's like, there's, we even knew there's no way I'm ever going to play soccer there. UNC is quite literally like one of the best places for women's soccer. So, and so it was like fun. Like my dad knows people. So I got to like actually play soccer with the girls on the team. So that was like a fun experience. I liked that one. I wasn't pressured to like do well. Cause I knew I'd never play there, but the ones that I did like UCSB, I would like drive up I would leave at 3 a.m., get there, play eight hours, drive home, do the same thing the next day. And I would cry. Like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it. No. You don't want to go, yet your coaches are, like, telling you you need to do this ID camp. And, and your parents. And, yeah, too. and your parents. I know, okay, we love our parents, and they were just trying to do the best for us. But they were, like, brainwashed with this whole thing, too, yeah. for being honest. Like, they were like, here, I signed you up for this ID camp or whatever. And I'm without like, fuck. Asking, without even asking. Yeah. Yeah. It was insane. It was just, like... You were just so pressured into feeling like you needed to do college soccer. And with that, you would face so much rejection. You would get emails every week saying, sorry, like, no, I'm not coming to your game. Or no, like, we're not looking for players right now. Or you would go and maybe that coach who you wanted to come to your game did come. And then he would talk to you after and say, sorry, like, you're not a good fit. Do you know how, like, horrible that is to continue facing rejection? Like, through that age... And not only were we facing rejection within our own club and with our own coaches, but other outside coaches who don't even fucking know us are telling us that we're not good enough. Like, do you know how damaging that is to someone's self-esteem? It also, like, puts a shadow on, like, your, like, because every, everyone that plays, like, a really high level, like, youth sports, like, oh, I somewhat want to play a college sport. Like, I'm, like, that would be cool for me. And, like, after you get rejected a couple times, you, like, have to sit there, look at yourself in the mirror and be like, you know what? I'm actually not good enough to play at this level, no matter how many times my coaches, like, let me down. But they're always like, oh, well, it could happen for you. But genuinely, like, no, like, I don't want to go to a small school and play soccer. Like, I didn't care about it that much. 
and that's ultimately why I quit and was like I'm just gonna go somewhere else with my grades like mm-hmm. so that's yeah I just think that's a big part of it also like I mean both of us got offers from different schools but they were like buttfuck middle of nowhere and like division three and it was like I like I can go somewhere so much better with my grades mm-hmm. but you have this pressure of wanting to get committed and like go somewhere that you even consider doing it and I'm so glad that I did it but it was also like you would see coaches giving so much recognition and attention to other girls on your team and that would again emphasize the competitiveness of like trying to be better than the other person who's fucking on your team like it just it just like started to annoy me and it again just told me that I wasn't good enough like no matter how good I like thought I was I wasn't good enough to play at any college level it was just it was very toxic and I'm very glad that like by my senior year I was like this isn't happening so I did get to relax a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> in whatever way that, that I could um but it was just I just felt like we never were able to like be kids and like have a like a no- like a normal high school experience no because like I quit the team like before COVID happened. I I quit in like I think October of 2020 or 2019, and I just I I didn't love it anymore. I was like crying after every practice. I was crying after every game, and like my parents are not mean parents. They were like, clearly this isn't the situation. I'm like I'm I would just be like I'm embarrassed, Dad. I'm embarrassed to play on this team. I've done this for so many years. Like I love all my friends, but like this is embarrassing for me and I don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it's not even fa- like how nice I was like, it's not even fair to my teammates for me to not even show up to practice, like giving it my all. Like I, this has to, I have to quit. And like my family's a big believer. I'm like, we don't quit. Like we finish everything. But like yeah. I gave my all to this club for years that they were like, it's let's throw the towel in. And so I did quit. And like, it's still to this day is the best decision I made in that like part of my life because I got to like, go to football games for high school like football games and like I just felt like I was a freshman again as a senior in high school like doing things that like I never got to do I missed football games I missed homecoming I missed formal I missed quite literally every dance that you could think of that is part of a high school experience I probably missed it because I had soccer yeah or like our coaches like oh well don't go out tonight they would literally tell us you're not allowed to go out tonight. Like, and if I see you out or like you're not playing. It was like the control that our coaches and the club had over our lives was like like almost borderline like tyrannical. Like oh, yeah. it was it was like an imprisonment camp kind of. <laughs> it was just like it was just you were so like controlled on like you guys need to eat this tonight and you need oh, to do yeah. this and you need to drink this much water and then you know, like there would be a football game that night and but we would have a game the next morning. So like, of course, you couldn't go out, which I'm doesn't like, make sense. It doesn't make sense either because the football games don't last that long. And like, I'd be like, oh, I can't go because like I go to school with her and she's on my team and I'm scared if she's going to like say something. Oh, yeah, that was a big and, thing. Like back to the thing where they like would tell you what to eat. Like, let's say you went to the game and you like weren't playing good. They'd be like, oh, well, you definitely didn't eat your chicken last night or like drink all your water. And I'm like, OK, first of all, I did. And for, <laughs> how would you know that? It was just like food got wrapped up into it and I I would say like after soccer ended I did start having a bad relationship with food and like you know like after soccer like stopped because of COVID like we're probably 18 at this point our bodies are changing they're changing because 
women's bodies change mm-hmm. when you hit like 18 19 20 yeah totally normal your metabolism catches up with you like you can't like we would burn so many calories that like i je- technically could have eaten like mcdonald's and in and out for every meal and i'd still like be in great shape because i had like worked out so much but like when i stopped working out and like like i wasn't like eating super healthy anymore like i was actually like just like giving into like cravings and stuff like I did put on a couple pounds, but, like, it wasn't, like, a bad weight. I just was, like, I would sit there and I'd be, like, why do I, like, I'd be sad that I was, like, looking the way I was, but now I'm, like, accepting of it because I'm, like, I'm 20. I'm not going to look like how I was at even, like, 16. Like, that's just not going to be possible. No. It, I had a really hard time after soccer because, obviously, I wasn't, I wasn't burning, like, like, 6,000 calories a day. So, when I did see my body changing, I was, like, holy shit i'm fat as fuck like it was just like even if you were a completely normal weight even if your parents would be like i literally don't notice a difference it's like in your head you are just going downhill from there and i've like had to like literally battle that every day of being scared it's also like when you get into like the now like normal life where like you're just as like you're just like now you're taking the comparison off of soccer and you're comparing it to girls that you see out and about and like some girls like are genuinely just like skinny like they just didn't play any sports like they just are like that like their metabolism is just naturally very fast because of their genetics and you're just like well fuck i don't i played this whatever this like the sport that i was and i like was in shape and looked like for the sport that i played mm-hmm. and like it was weird because like I was I've been into like makeup and stuff like I started like buying like different it was weird like it's a weird transition but like I'm not mad about it like I love the way like we've I think we've all had a healthy-ish transition to normal life and like it's still like a struggle like working out and like eating and stuff like that but like the comparison now to like it's not just like to girls like being competitive wise in soccer it's like now like looks or like what is she wearing or what is she doing like it's not healthy and it started at a young age but i guess like we somewhat know how to combat it because we've been doing it for at least 12 years we've been doing this shit of comparing for a very long time it's just transitioning that comparing from like your ability to like how you look and especially both of us are in a sorority god that shit fucking sucks it's horrible i mean thank god i'm in the sorority that i'm in at my school because it's genuinely like not like mean girls like some of them are and we don't like i just i've met like a group of girls in my sorority that it's just like the best no comparison like whatever but i couldn't do it if i was in some of them because it's just first of all why would you put why would you pay pay for that kind of treatment? we're still paying for this kind of treatment to this day are we still brainwashed probably yeah, it's also like embarrassing sometimes i'm like yeah. girl you're like it's like the girls that peaked in high school are now in the top sororities that they're like needing this attention and i'm like you don't need that like just do it for yourself do whatever you want to yeah it's hard i i feel like because of this whole experience with soccer i feel like it was definitely like very damaging to the absolute core of who i am as a person um but i would say that i did mature very fast and i did which is good yeah and also the self-discipline we have from that sport is really good like I'd say we both have a very high drive to succeed and are very self-disciplined when we do have things that we need to do or want to achieve. Like, we're very good with that. 
but it also comes like with the downfalls of like growing up in such a toxic environment and you know the comparing and feeling not good enough like there are some good that comes like out of it but the bad outweighs the good like exponentially yeah I also feel like we as a whole like yes there's negative and good but like it's definitely left an impact on my life negative and positively Mm -hmm. I wouldn't I don't regret doing it because it taught me a lot about myself and how to put up with people in my life that are gonna be treating me like this because like get into the corporate world like you're gonna have a boss that's like gonna be like this and it's sad but it's gonna happen but at least we know Mm -hmm. and have like ways to like move around it and like help ourselves like mentally take that because like if I didn't like I don't know how I could handle that I I also think like it's it's like looking back I saw like now reflecting on my past soccer career I see how much I did not stand up for myself how mistreated I was by so many people like places in authority that I just didn't I didn't stand up for myself yeah, at all cowered. I didn't self-advocate you literally cowered to authority yeah. coward Which coward is- it's sad because like the women have been doing that forever and it's sad that like that was a trait of what was happening to us at a young age to like form us to be like that and like um corporate america and like in the world but luckily like i feel like we've had good like mothers that have raised us to be like a uh, hell no yeah like yeah. it's just not gonna happen i think we've gotten a voice from it because we know how like it is to be treated that way but I don't know if everyone has that and it's just sad to like yeah. know that that happens like looking back on this time I now like refuse to be mistreated in any fucking way even by a boss or somebody in an authoritative position if you yeah. talk to me in a way that I don't like or don't feel respected I will fully stand up to you because like I see I like grieve for like little jaded and little riley who were quite literally walked all over and mistreated and didn't have like a voice to stand up even like people are like oh well you're gonna sound bitchy if you do it if you say something in a stern respectful way it goes a lot they're like okay well don't mess like don't like if someone says i'm like please don't ever talk to me like that again like it's just not gonna happen Mm -hmm. and people like respect you for doing that because they're like oh didn't even realize and like you're actually helping other people when you like stand up for yourself because like sometimes they're like Oh, I didn't even realize I come off like that. Mm-hmm. So it is good too to do. Yeah. Okay. This has been a very long episode. Um, we have had a lot of shit to say, but I want to end with some advice that you would give to girls who are in competitive soccer right now. Okay. And I know this is this is a lot, but if there's anything you want to send them off with, just hang out with your teammates outside of soccer. And actually try and team bond because you're going to be torn apart at practice and you're going to be treated like you shouldn't be a team. Mm-hmm. And just, like, be a 12-year-old. Like, yeah. go to the beach. Like, hang out with your friends. Like, have a good, healthy balance. And, like, go on your trips. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't ever be like, oh, cut the cancel this for soccer. Like, I regret that so much. And I also, like, if you can and respectfully stick up for yourself, I know it's hard at, like, 12, but be a kid like that's it just be a kid like grow up and like have a healthy environment and have like a break from soccer I fully agree and I hope that reaches the correct audience because I feel like it really needs to be heard um I would probably say like Riley said allow yourself to be a kid because we didn't 
at all. Um, and it caused us probably a lot of harm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would also say like if I feel like there should be some type of like way to educate girls from a young age to be confident in themselves especially in soccer because if you don't if you are like the amount of times that we were told we weren't good enough it if you don't have any sort of like grounding in yourself it's gonna fucking destroy you and it's not even like you're like outside of soccer like if someone says you're not good enough like you're gonna implement that to every aspect of your life so exactly and I would say if there's one change that I could make within the soccer community it would be coaches need to be taught how to talk to kids and how to talk to girls especially and they need to learn developmental psychology and how their words can impact the lives of so many young girls and kids from such a young age Mm -hmm. it like it's just mind-blowing that they haven't had to do any of that and I think clubs should take more responsibility for when a coach is not doing something correctly or is not treating like a team how they should be treated remove that coach replace that coach with someone who is like nurturing and understanding and cares about the players outside of just fucking soccer like cares about their lives and who they are as people because it's so lacking like give like breaks to like have the coach like like, hey we're not gonna do anything for the month of june if you need to go on family trips like go like do something like you have to have a healthy balance or else you're just going to be, like, sucked in and, like, that's your life. And, like, you don't ever get to experience, like, doing anything, like, with your family or, like, with friends. And, like, being a normal teenager or, like, young, like, young person in this world. Exactly. So, <laughs> that was fucking long. and long. But, but I liked it. I've just never, like, actually... T- I don't think I've ever really talked about this part of my life since I quit. No. Because we were talking about it yesterday, and it was just, like, remembering so many things that would happen. Oh, one more thing that I'm going <laughs> to add is our coach. This is just another horrible thing. Sorry to add on, like, a bad note. But our coaches would literally say, no one feels sorry for you. I'm just saying that. Like, no one feels sorry for you. Okay. Also, people could be so mean to me now, and I would like be like, oh, that doesn't really affect me. Yeah. I've heard but, worse. Yeah. But back then, it was like, damn, no one really feels sorry for me, do they? Yeah. But, Okay. I that was that was just something I had to throw in there um but I would say that this shit needs to be talked about more and in youth sports sports specifically no matter what sport it is track and field lacrosse water polo everywhere I just think from our experience it was pretty bad from where we were exactly so if I hope this reaches the right audience um this needs to be talked about more and whatever we can do to like use a platform to talk about it like i'm gonna fucking do because it literally changed both of our lives so for good and bad bad. um so with that being said (laughs) uh thanks for listening again squad um thank you riley for being here thanks for having me it was really fun it's really really fun this was a really fun topic to talk about (laughs) we know a lot um so anyways always have to do this plug my instagram at jaden scalise do you want to plug yours um it's okay (laughs) okay she's gonna be a mystery um but yeah uh thanks for listening again let me know what you guys want to hear next week i got some ideas but i'm always open to suggestions so yeah Bye. Bye.
Deuces. <laughs>